0: What's up, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Comics in Reverse. We're a little bit shorthanded this week. It's just me and old Captain Redbeard. What's up, buddy?
1: Uh, I forgot to put my rum in my mug before.
0: Oh, dude. Now you gotta go 45 minutes with no rum.
1: Uh, No, I have a bottle of rum. I just didn't put it in the mug yet.
0: Oh. You'll be alright. We'll get her there. You'll make it. You can just drink straight out of the bottle, right?
1: Uh, as long as it is the... Uh, Bottoms up is what they say, right? Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> Alright, so we got to talk about Far From Home. Um, last one in the MCU. That's the la- this is the most recent one. 23rd and the final one in Phase 3. Uh, there were 11 movies in Phase 3. Long ass phase. But it, over. Brought us some great things. Looking forward to Phase 4, though. Uh, Producer on this one, of course, Kevin Feige. And then you've got um, Amy Pascal tagging along. Not sure how much she actually contributed. I guess we'll see.
1: Tagging along. That's that's a pretty... (laughs) When you have Kevin Feige in there, that's a pretty good way to put it. It's Kevin Feige. And then
0: tag alongs. (laughs) All these tag alongs. I wonder how much she actually influences the movie, though.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty... I wonder, I mean, I'm, I'm sure not to knock her or anything. I'm sure she, she contributed a bit, but I mean, that's Kevin Feige. Yeah. That's like arguing with the uh, Russos. Oh yeah. You you put anybody
0: else is like, no, the Russos did it. Well, which one
1: did more? well, (laughs) I put them together.
0: Have you watched that movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth on Netflix that was directed by Joe Russo?
1: No, I need to. It's on my list. I I will probably watch it
0: tonight. Might be a good idea. I want to check it out. It's what the um, number
1: one streaming right now.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and they just greenlit a sequel too.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I've got to watch it this weekend for sure.
0: John Watts came back to direct this one. He was the same director as uh, Homecoming. I'm pretty sure did a decent job, in my opinion. I don't have any complaints about it. None whatsoever. And then we've got Box Office. This one was one that hit a billion bucks. 1.132 billion. Budget of 160, so that's damn good margins. I don't know how they're splitting that between Sony and Marvel. We'll see, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Marvel Um, should get all of it. Agreed. Ranking. I know you may not... Well, you did put together a traditional list, didn't you?
1: Kind of, but do I want to spoil it in that one? In this one? Or do I want to make people wait? to unveil my final somewhat-ish rankings
0: (laughs) well i will say that i've got this one at number 11 and you can do whatever you want with it
1: i'll tell you i have it higher in the traditional sense of of a list um but it's it's a top tier movie i (laughs) i don't see how anybody can argue that
0: Oh yeah, visual effects alone were just spectacular.
1: Oh, visual effects, I mean, we'll we'll get into some of this. The the look of the characters, the, the visually stunning all around, the story.
0: Um, Let's see, we need to talk about the sponsors real quick. Um, Monty over at Anderson's Graphics Kingdom is going to be providing the artwork for today's episode. I'm actually not sure what his plans are moving forward now that we're getting out of the MCU. I actually haven't really talked to him about it. We will see if he's going to continue uh, with The Last of Us that Tom and I are working on, and we're about to jump into Lord of the Rings. I'm sure he'll he'll definitely probably do the Lord of the Rings, I'm sure, but I don't know about The Last of Us. We'll talk to him. No, I'll go check excited. him out. Did you say you, already comm- you have a commission piece that he's working on? I,
1: right? I have a special commissioned piece, and I have a spot on my wall cleared for it. I'm pretty excited about it.
0: Did you see his Baby Yoda that he did?
1: I I saw the Baby Yoda.
0: I saw it's available for
1: uh, Prince. Yep. Um, I might get one. (laughs) I I, I might get one for Isley. (laughs) She would love that.
0: Um, And then the next unknown local band here in Northwest Arkansas area, they have provided the intro and the outro music that you're going to hear. As you listen to all of our music, I think I'm actually going to swap them up for our, um, mine and Tom's The Last of Us. I think I'm going to put the outro at the beginning of those because it's a little bit harder more Minotom style i think it'll be fun we'll see how it goes i guess uh diving into the characters in this one i think the only brand new character other than the cameo that we'll talk about in a second was (laughs) really jake gyllenhaal's uh quentin beck slash mysterio holy shit i was very impressed you know I, i don't think i've I think this is the only movie I've ever watched with Jake Gyllenhaal. I've never seen anything else. I like him. I, I don't really have any other opinion.
1: There, there's the that of. one movie that uh, everybody kind of wants to talk about and doesn't want to admit that they watched. Which I, I didn't watch it, but it and it broke had, my gun. yeah, had a had yeah, another great I actor. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see. I mean, you know, obviously it was two great actors. Um, yeah. I don't know anything else off the top of my head that he's been in that
0: I've watched. Um, Honestly, I've heard that that movie was pretty good. That Broadway Mountain? Yeah, I mean... I've heard the story was good. I don't m- know. Now, I'm not going to sit down and watch it, but... No. You know... I'm going to go through Jake Gyllenhaal's filmography real quick. See if I know any of these films.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested to see what... Else. And see, I'm terrible with actors, because... You know, you say Jake Gyllenhaal and, and normally, I mean, you could do that with just about anybody and I'm not going to come up with a list of movies that they're in, but right. you know,
0: to me, he's Mysterio right now, like, done I don't and don't recognize any of these. Oh, he played in Prince of Persia, apparently, The Sands of Time, um, The Day After Tomorrow, um, Donnie Darko, those are the only ones I've even heard of. I've never watched any of those, but I've heard of all of those. Hmm. Huh. He played a man named Detective Loki in Prisoners. (laughs) Yeah, apparently, I mean, I guess that really it's that one movie that made his career, really, I guess, is Brokeback Mountain. Hmm. Oh, and Jarhead? I've never watched it, but I've heard of that one. And now Spider-Man.
1: I'd say Best Role right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Cameos in this one. Uh, Bad news. No Stanley cameo the first time that we don't have one, whether it was actually him or whether it was put in there via a the computer. There's no one. There's not one in this one.
1: Now I'll, you- I'll say this, it, even with no cameo and you know, that I hate that. I hate that going forward. We won't have a Stanley cameo. This is definitely why we need to push for Deadpool cameos, at least <laughs> in all the movies to, to have something. Yeah, that'd be um, cool and it makes perfect sense i mean if if stan was a watcher then deadpool i mean he watches along with other stuff deadpool put the lotion down damn it (laughs) um but uh (laughs) I, i think there was enough going on in the movie that i mean yeah you you think about it but there was enough going on that you know you don't I, I'd say the hardcore notice it. The the others, maybe the casual fans,
0: probably not so much. Yeah. And it'll be something that we'll talk about every single MCU movie because we have a uh, a cameo section in our template about what we speak about. And every single time I've been typing Stanley at the very top, and now I had to type no in front of Stanley. I'm and glad I'm you were kinda, the one
1: that had to type that, not yeah, me,
0: because it hit me a little hard. But in other news. Let's get to some exciting stuff. Another cameo, probably my favorite cameo so far out of these 23 movies that doesn't involve Stanley. JK Simmons comes back as J. Jonah Jameson.
1: Oh my gosh, the best cameo. JJJ. you J, J.
0: you haven't played that Spider-Man game, have you, because you're you don't have a PlayStation, right?
1: Yeah, I don't have a PlayStation. I I've, I've seen clips here and there.
0: Um... He voices JJJ in that game, too. He's, uh... You'll hear him, like, whenever you're just swinging around the city and you're in between missions or whatever. You'll hear, like, little radio broadcasts of him just shit-talking Spider-Man the whole time. It's awesome.
1: Oh, my gosh. that <laughs> That's great.
0: Yeah, it's awesome.
1: He, he was one of the... I mean, you could argue the old Spider-Man movies. I, I think, hands down, this and, and Homecoming are far better than the other ones. But, really, he, him... He... I'm so glad that they brought him back.
0: He was the best piece. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not a fan of Sam Raimi at all, and I I know that he's going to be working on some Star Wars. I'm a little skeptical. I guess we'll see. But no, I, who
1: who was doing uh, Doctor Strange? I thought it was Sam Raimi.
0: Was it Sam Raimi also doing Doctor Strange? Yeah, but he did Evil Dead too. So, well, maybe he's changed up his his style then. I didn't care for his Spider Man movies at all. And maybe it was just Tobey Maguire. You're right, it is. Sam Raimi is the rumored director of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Yeah, which would make sense because if it's. If, I'll say this right now. If you have not seen Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead I 2, or Army of Darkness, um, you need I to watch those terrible. cult classics. Um. But uh, I, I think personally, he's going to do a great job considering the content
0: that could or could not be in Doctor Strange two. I mean, he took a lot of credit for Spider Man three before it came out, and we saw what happened there.
1: I heard there was a lot more behind all of this, and I don't know. I mean, there that stuff we'll never know about.
0: How much of that was Sony's bullshit too, though? Yeah, I guess you can't put it all on him. Like, everyone put all the shit from Last Jedi on Ryan Johnson. It's not all him.
1: That was a lot of nobody communicated between the movies to each other. Yep. Which is an awful idea if you're making a trilogy. Do not do that.
0: Okay. Let's dive into the plot on this one. So, we start out in Extinco, Mexico. Uh, Fury and Hill are investigating this weird supernatural storm. Um, And it's... We don't know that it's called this at the time. I guess it's the Earth Elemental. Um, and we see that Quentin Beck, was a su- as a superhero, arrives to defeat the creature. And then we kind of skip forward uh, about a week later. And in New York City, we see this weird, it's really weird. It's like that, the newscast at the beginning of the school day or whatever. Because the academic year like ending. That was so awkward. I hated it. The only gonna... thing about this movie that I hated was that little newscast thing.
1: Weird, weird transition. I, I think we just had basic school announcements. We didn't have any any sort of yeah. video or anything like that. I would hate to do that every day. Oh, for sure.
0: Now it does give us into some uh, some insight into like what happens whenever they ended what they call the blip is whenever the people started just popping back up. It did give us some insight there. Yeah, It makes you wonder about some of the people, like, what happened whenever they came back. Like, the people that were, like, on boats or in planes whenever they were dusted, what happened to them when they came back? Because we see that they come back right where they were, no matter what's happening at that point in time right now, and it's really strange.
1: Well, and, and wasn't that, didn't we get a confirmation from, I guess it was the Russos, that they thought about that? like th- I, this is one of those where in this scene they came right back where they were, and the what was it a basketball game was going on,
0: yeah, and, like the band was on the basketball court or something yeah, yeah, but
1: uh the others as far as like planes boats cars, trains, all that that they were almost taken out of the out of harm's way I don't know that's that's kind of weird i I guess a basketball game isn't in harm's way, but you know a train
0: is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember reading anything. I'll have to look it up, I guess. But it also, it makes you wonder, like, actually, I lost my train of thought. Oh, like, the relationships that were formed, like, in those five years? I guess this is better reserved for the next episode, actually.
1: Oh, done. Done. That's what, done. You were gone. You were gone five years.
0: (laughs) We'll talk about that in the next episode. I shouldn't have brought that up. (laughs) Anyway. Um... So they refer to the five-year gap where everyone's gone as The Blip, so it's got an official name now. I still like The snapping, but whatever. apocalypse. Whatever you want to call it. It's better than The Blip. Yeah. Uh, and apparently no one ages while they were gone, by the way. That's pretty interesting. Um, basically, the school has organized a two-week field trip to Europe where Peter, who is still mourning the death of Tony Stark, rest in peace, spoiler alert, whatever, mm. Um. And apparently he's planning to reveal to his classmate MJ that he's attracted to her. And that conversation between him and um, his name. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Ned. Ned. That conversation between him and Ned uh, right at the beginning when they're talking about what they're going to do in Europe was hilarious. (laughs) Ned's like, I don't know much, but this I do know, okay? Europeans love Americans. And no, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ned, come on, man. <laughs> we're going to be two bachelors in Europe, man. And then he just falls hopelessly in love on the plane. Those were the words of a boy. <laughs> Ned is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm I'm pretty happy with
1: his role and how he's been, been portrayed in this.
0: So Happy Hogan comes to Peter and tells that Nick Fury is going to call him. And he ghosts Nick Fury. You don't ghost Nick Fury. No, you do not. Unless you're Spider-Man. But he'll find you. He'll find you. So Parker and his classmates, they all travel to Venice, Italy, where a new elemental attack happens. It's the water elemental, which pretty convenient that this happens where Peter Parker's travel is. And I don't know if Fury hijacked it at this point or not. Do you think that this was the the doings of of Nick Fury sending them to Venice? Is that or if that was the plan all along?
1: Uh, I mean, after after Peter ghosted him, and uh, he's upset because now he's been ghosted by Tony and then Peter back to back. <laughs> oh wait, that's right. Tony's not there. Dang it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think at at this point. Well, I don't know. I, I thought that's where they were they were heading to anyways, but that's that's where you start seeing, uh, I guess, there was the building that they were supposed to be going to or whatever was shut down. So yeah. they they probably had some roles in, in some of that stuff, but, um, I mean, they were already going to Europe in the first place.
0: Yeah, it just makes you wonder why, like, if Fury wasn't in charge of that, if he didn't uh, manipulate that to get him to Venice, then how did Beck know where they were going to be? Because it, it like there's really no reason for him to choose Venice, right? Unless that's exactly where. Well,
1: yeah, was. Uh, yeah. That's that's uh, you know, I'm, I didn't he give him like he had talked about the different areas that they the elementals had showed up and and all that. So I guess they had a pretty good idea.
0: And well, I mean that was all fake, from what we can tell, though, right? That was all. being well, I mean,
1: well, I mean, they don't know that. Not at this point
0: at that point they don't but but I don't know
1: I it's probably well I mean we're we're getting into once we get through the rest of the plot like that I, I kind of we, we'll get into that <laughs> we'll keep going we'll come back to that
0: so basically the water elemental attacks this area where they're at in Venice and uh, Beck arrives and he destroys the creature also uh, I don't know who this guy is but he's kicking that water's ass that's <laughs> hilarious you ever tried to kick water's ass I haven't. Water's never pissed me off that bad. Very difficult. I'm sure it is. Well, good job Quentin Beck. And whenever Peter just, like, shoots the web at the water, like, what are you thinking?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is, uh, look, he he shot Thanos in the face with web, and it briefly worked. So, and Thanos dusted half of the, half of the earth into Avengers. So, I mean, he's more powerful <laughs> than water, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, if that's your logic, then... I'm sorry,
1: he, he wasn't <laughs> <Unfortunately>. thinking that's <laughs> it's just like you gotta do what a spider does <laughs>
0: fair enough um, so after this, we find out that they go back to the hotel, and Nick is waiting for him in the hotel room. He shoots Ned in the side of the neck with a tranquilizer dart, and that's also another hilarious scene and I, I don't think that the the comedy's not forced in this movie at all either. I think it's pretty organic, it's pretty good, yeah. Whenever the teacher comes by.
1: If another person (laughs) comes to the door. (laughs) We're going to attend another funeral.
0: Which is funny because Peter has no control (laughs) over who comes to the door. Oh, man. He's just a douche sometimes. So they get on the bus because apparently their course has changed um, thanks to Nick Fury. And on the bus, we meet Edith. And I was actually a little surprised that they waited this long to introduce him because if if I'm Peter and I look up to Tony Stark and I'm given a gift from Tony Stark post-mortem, I'm opening it immediately. I'm not waiting until I'm on another continent and bored on a bus to open this.
1: Oh, absolutely. As soon as that's handed to me, like, I, I want to see thing what it is. Like, their, their connection, like... I, yeah, that's that's one of those things that I just I don't understand, but it, it you just kind of glimpse over it and move on.
0: Yeah, I mean it works for the plot, but also whenever he's playing with Edith, this is basically a rehash of the scene, and when he's playing with his suit in in um, Homecoming, it's basically the same thing. He finds out he almost kills somebody, he has to stop it, you know, all that crap. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's a rehash, although. I think it's hilarious that they, whenever he jumps up out of the bus while it's still moving to shoot the webs on the drone. I wish physics worked that way because that's awesome.
1: Now I'll say this: when uh, um, old Flash takes the glasses from, yeah, and uh, he's he's over here trying to get them back, and then you know the drone is literally about to open fire, and uh, he just bam knocks him out. Um, You know, a lot of people don't. Uh, don't think about it um, I don't even know that it's in our, our tra- well no it wouldn't be because it wouldn't make sense for this one but um, basically there's a story where uh, Doc Ock uh, is dying and trades bodies with uh, Peter well forcibly trades bodies with Peter wow. and uh, comes to find out like he's been holding back his strength this entire time because he could easily snap their necks um, with a single punch and uh, I guess you get a little more look into that um, when uh, <laughs> he just knocks Flash out cold.
0: Yeah, not even not even trying to hurt him at all. Yeah, it's hilarious. And then you have to hit somebody pretty hard to knock him out.
1: Yeah, he just nonchalantly just bam done. And then when he's when he's getting up, he's just like, "What what happened? Oh my jaw! <laughs> oh man!"
0: I think it's pretty funny that the. It's called Edith, which stands for Even Dead, I'm the Hero.
1: That's 100%, Tony. It has
0: to be. Uh, But it does make you question why he would give... I mean, I understand that he trusts Peter, but Peter's still a kid. He's in high school. Why would you give him access to defense satellites and all this weaponry when you know the kind of decisions that he makes and how naive he can be? I think that that
1: has to do with the. I mean, you've you've seen the bond that they've built, and then you know he's almost playing that dad role to him in uh, in Homecoming. Um, I'm sure that there's other things that have happened that you know off screen we we just don't see. Um, but Peter is like Tony's f- first pick, isn't it? Like, yeah. there's nobody else he's single like. That's the guy he goes to, and obviously he he has scoped him out. He knows he knows this stuff, his stuff, is info. Because when he shows up, like, I mean, he obviously knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man. He's done his research. Um, so I I think this is a decision that he full well knew. Yes, even though he's he's just a kid, um, that he he will succeed. He trusts him with it to make the right decision.
0: Well, it seems that that was the bad call. uh, Because as we progress further into the plot, we see that he makes some bad choices. Um, So Beck, whenever they meet with um, uh, Fury and Hill, Beck claims to hail from an alternate reality within the multiverse. And we get the name drop of Earth-616 here. And what is he? He says he's from, what, 833 or
1: something like that? Uh, I think it was 823. I've got it farther down
0: where basically he says that there were four elementals that killed his family and destroyed his entire Earth, and he's here to stop the same thing from happening, which made everyone like me and you who knows that multiverses are a thing and comic books kind of freak out, but then it's kind of also retconned at some point when we find out that he's, he's faking the whole time. So not real sure what to think. And then we also have Doctor Strange, and there's multiverse coming up in that title, so we don't really know what's happening. Is there a multiverse? Is there not a multiverse? I don't know.
1: I think it's kind of odd if if uh, you're get and see that's where I, I wonder where where all he got his information from because you know both both the Earths that he mentioned and and I've got it farther down in Easter eggs or in the pages so somewhere in there I've I've got info on this mm-hmm. um, but he's he's got to have had that info from somewhere and after coming off the events of Endgame going back and grabbing the stones they're not in they're not dealing with the multiverse technically at that point, but Mm -hmm. they could have created other. I mean, they mentioned it as timelines from it, which very well could be other versions of multiverse. Um, So, I mean, that that's kind of interesting in there as far as Dr. Strange and, and multiverse. Like if if we're getting into the actual multiverse and different timelines, like this is going to be nuts.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like this was just a tease, and we'll really get into it in Doctor Strange, probably. Oh, yeah. Also, it makes you wonder if if Fury questioned the legitimacy of Beck the entire time, couldn't he just call up Stephen Strange and be like, hey, is this dude legit? Wouldn't that have made things so much simpler?
1: Uh, probably, but also plot point, you got to keep that in mind, too.
0: Yeah. I like poking holes and stuff, though. It's fun.
1: Well, I mean we'll, when we start pouring everything through it and towards the end will uh you know, there there's there's a specific reason why, you know. Because you know, this is the point uh I, that uh Peter was talking about the uh you know, why doesn't he call for uh Thor or or uh Hulk mm-hmm. or any of these other guys and, and when he says uh uh you know, why not Captain Marvel? And he's like, oh, <laughs> let's not even talk about it.
0: Although we kind of know why now.
1: Yes, that's and, <laughs> and I think that's probably why. Like, I don't. I guess I'm, that
0: could be another reason he wouldn't call. Yeah, yeah so.
1: I don't know how much interaction he would have had with Strange at that point, but
0: he uh, probably didn't even know that he exists. He may not. That's fair. Nice job. You filled my hole with putty. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not leaking anymore. <laughs> So basically, we get to see Beck claim that uh, the fire elemental is the next one that's going to show up. So he's already taken care of the earth elemental. He's taking care of the water elemental. we still got to deal with the fire. And he says it's going to appear in Prague. Well, Peter says, no, I can't do that. I'm trying to be with this girl. I'm trying to hang out with my friends. Leave me alone. So Fears like, okay, go. Bye-bye. And next thing you know, his class is being diverted to <laughs> where? <laughs> Brock. <laughs>
1: I'm just trying to do spider things to get my Peter Tingle on. (laughs)
0: Uh, And also, um, I can't remember his name, the bus driver that he sends. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. Yeah. I love that. So basically, Fury secretly changes the class's itinerary to divert everybody into Prague just so we can get Peter there. Um, And Peter is forced to help fight the fire elemental and to, to protect his friends. Beck is able to destroy it with Parker's help, and then Fury and Hill invite Peter and Beck to Berlin to discuss the formation of a new superhero team. Uh, But Peter says, nope, uh, Beck should go alone. And this is where he makes this potentially earth-shattering mistake and gives the Edith glasses to who he thinks is a really good guy. And, I mean, honestly, I didn't expect this twist. I loved it when I first saw it.
1: Oh, yeah, that's... I mean... This is one of the things, you know, if you go into the movie and you just straight up ignore comics, you go into it as a movie, and you're like, wait, this is Mysterio, and you know that Mysterio is a bad guy, or generally has always been a bad guy, but he's over here fighting the elementals, and and he's from, you know, multiverse, it's like, oh, so this Mysterio is a good guy, and this multiverse do we have a Mysterio in, in our multi? That's something I'm thinking about if, yeah, if yeah. we're talking, and I'm like, okay, so where's our bad Mysterio at? Um, and then... this happens. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind on all of that.
0: And I think that they did a great job going back and showing where Beck came from or how he used to work for Tar- work for Stark and... Everyone that's in this little team is an ex Stark employee. It's basically like a team of people that hate Tony Stark. Is what it is. I and think they-,
1: they did a good job with bringing in like uh, I and I can't remember his name. The the professor from the first Iron Man.
0: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the guy who got, got screamed at by Obadiah Stane. Yeah, Tony Stark was able to build this <laughs> in a cave. Well, I'm not Tony Stark. That guy. Uh, which
1: I mean, he yeah. he has a point. He's not Tony Stark. <laughs>
0: Definitely
1: with not. A, in a cave with a box of scraps.
0: <laughs> that poor guy. Oh, man. Although I don't feel bad for him now. He seems like a bumbling idiot in this one. Even though he's obviously very technologically savvy and he's helped build some of the programming for the for the drones, he still seems like a dumbass whenever you just talk to him in general. He doesn't really seem to follow what you're talking about. It's a yes. weird. So, basically, Beck... We learn here that Beck is secretly a former holographic illusionist specialist at Stark Industries, fired for his unstable nature, which we can clearly see now. Um, And he leads this team of disgruntled ex-Stark employees, and they use advanced projector drones to simulate elemental attacks to masquerade him as a hero. The goal, basically, was to gain control of Edith, and now they can use the orbital weapons drones to increase the scale of their illusions. Mission accomplished, because the next thing that they do is nuts.
1: Yeah, that I mean, th- I feel like that's a pretty good setup. You know, like I yeah. said, you generally think of Mysterio as a villain. They give you a reason to think that he isn't being from, you know, a, a, a different uh, universe, and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, psych, he's a villain. Um, and then you know, with the team and everything like that, at this point, it's just it's nuts just watching um but then uh you know like nobody else has any idea like fury doesn't have any idea spider-man is peter tingle wasn't working and he had no idea um and uh you you come to find out um you know peter takes mj out they're out out on a a uh iconic moment on a bridge and uh uh she reveals that she knows that he's Spider-Man and it's kind of funny how that's set up. Cause you're like, Oh, she's just joking. No, she a hundred percent knows that he's Spider-Man. It was like, wait, what? She's <laughs> um, like, oh, I was only like 60% sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, this is where they discover that a piece of the debris uh, that she had retrieved during the battle is a projector that shows a part of the uh, era elementals attacks. Um, leading them to real- realize that Beck is a fraud, um, absolutely mind blowing at this point. I mean, for mm-hmm. for Peter, we we know that he's a bad guy now, but it's like, hold on a minute. Um, you've just given to him one of the most, uh, you know, technologically advanced pieces of tech on the planet.
0: Oh yeah, and I think you can see the way it weighs on him because five minutes ago he was. Pretending that he wasn't Spider-Man, and now that he's learned this piece of equipment, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm Spider-Man. I don't even care that you know now because I've got bigger fish to fry." Yeah, it just ch- changes his entire perspective.
1: Oh man! Um, so uh, Peter travels to Berlin to warn Fury, um, and this scene is absolutely nuts. Um, Love it. But Fury, quote unquote, is actually one of Beck's illusions. Um, Peter. ...accidentally reveals that he told some of his friends about Beck's plan. Um, and this is where Beck distracts him with illusions... ...and maneuvers him into the path of a speeding train.
0: Yeah. Damn.
1: Splat.
0: For about half a second, I was a little bit scared.
1: Oh my gosh. The I mean, the entire setup, it was like... He, he meets Fury... And uh, all of a sudden, what was it? Fury, Fury shot. Hill disappears, or everything started disappearing, and then and then Fury gets shot. Yeah. And you know the the I mean the the visuals right here are are absolutely phenomenal. Um, definitely not a moment going in that CGI just stuck out and was weird um, to me. Um, yeah. I mean the the colors match the the green smoke the the fishbowl helmet every bit of it was was absolutely awesome. Um, and, and the then, budget
0: on this movie was only 160 million. So I that's yeah, brilliant. I don't get
1: that because with how with how much uh, digital is in this movie with yeah. the obviously with the elementals with that this scene in particular. Um, I mean, you get he fights. Uh, <laughs> Hey, he's, he's fighting spiders he's fighting illusions he's he uh zombie, uh, zombie uh, tony yeah. stark <laughs> a zombie tony stark um you know seeing uh <laughs> um fury and then afterwards he's like oh we're we're done uh you know he shot beck and then uh, nope he didn't cuz that fury was, was beck yeah it's it's like holy crap and then thrown into a train I can't imagine like and mentally he's just been through so much and then physically he's been hit by a train
0: <laughs> and he wakes up in what I don't even know the name of the city is your or whatever oh, in the
1: Netherlands. oh yeah I, I'm i not even gonna I'm, I'm so glad that's not in the notes because I, I would have <laughs> just skipped it <laughs> like I hate you um <laughs> But uh, (laughs) yeah, so uh, Beck assumes that he's been killed, uh, but he's uh, knocked unconscious, which I mean, Spider-Man's tough as a person. Um, He can heal rapidly or more rapidly than than uh, most people. But we're not talking Wolverine levels of healing. Um, So it's not unbelievable that he got hit by a train and survived. But damn. Um, And then this is where uh, uh, Peter contacts Hogan. Uh, who flies out, uh, who flies a- out to, uh, London, uh, where his classmates are. Um, this scene though, when, when Happy is walking up and, and he tells him, you know, uh, tell me something only you would know. Um, and it goes on that, the embrace. Yeah. Um, and then one of my favorite scenes, uh, in the entire movie, um, like I, I, know I let out an audible gasp or, or so, something when I was watching uh, watching it in theaters the first the very first time, I distinctly remember when he goes back and he starts working on the suit and Happy's looking at him and just like that proud, yeah, moment and uh, Peter's just <laughs> you know tinkering with the suit and I was like man are they are they setting up like. As in, he's trying to be not necessarily trying to be the next Iron Man, but obviously Peter's not a dumb kid, yeah. um, and he's over here building building a suit. And I mean, I wish I had that kind of tech. The jet, first off, but you know, to have a, a mobile suit generator back there <laughs> oh yeah, that's nuts.
0: Uh, you also get the uh, the callback to the first Iron Man along with Oh I love Led Zeppelin. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He <laughs> I mean, seems like he's pretty up to date on pop culture <laughs> up until this point because he's always referencing movies.
1: That line drives me nuts. <laughs> I love ACDC. I love Led Zeppelin. But come on man. They're not the same. At <laughs> all. <laughs> oh man. It's funny but it, it drives me absolutely nuts. <laughs> Um. So, uh, you flash forward. This is uh, you start seeing Beck using Edith, um, and he's orchestrating his biggest illusion yet—a fusion of all four elementals, which he's only really using as a cover to kill all of Parker's friends. So, dirtbag right. move, but you know, that's that's his uh, motive. Uh, I
0: really like. Um, right before this scene starts, we get that call. Um, Happy FaceTimes Nick Fury. He's like, "Hey, I think you left this item here." He's like giving him like a coded message, letting him know that it's all fake. Yeah,
1: super super weird uh, phone call. But <laughs> when you when you get in, you're like, "Oh, it was coded." Me- okay, that makes sense. It's um, yeah, pretty funny though. Uh, uh, Peter is able to disrupt the illusions, uh, so Beck attacks him with the drones. Um, Parker defeats Beck. And takes back control of Edith uh, after regaining his Peter Tingle. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, the Peter Tingle is alive and well. Um, Beck dies from wounds sustained from misfired drone gunshots. Um, and this is as he's sitting there dying, and Peter's looking at him. Uh, and next thing you hear is a gunshot. And then you see. The one of him on the ground wasn't actually him. He was standing with a gun (laughs) (laughs) pointed at, holy crap. We could have had spider brains all over the
0: place right there. Man, the writing in this movie was just excellent.
1: Oh, man, it's so good. Um, One of Beck's assistants escapes with data from the drones. Um, After returning to New York City, uh, this is where we get to see Peter Parker has started a relationship with MJ. Peter Tingle and all. Yep.
0: I think that scene where they're flying around the, well, I guess flying is not the right word. Swinging around the city, and she's like freaking out. I think that's pretty funny.
1: I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, <laughs> it really
0: is. I'd be scared shitless too.
1: I don't think you really see that in, in any films where somebody's flying and they grab somebody. There, there's not enough freaking out. Um, you know, obviously with the uh, with the swinging around. Um, I think the first time you were being picked up and swung around like you know, it would probably be pretty dramatic.
0: Uh, oh yeah, without a doubt. I'd be scared to death. Um, that wraps up the plot. We do have a couple of post-credit scenes. The first one being absolutely epic because we get the return of J. Jonah Jameson and he reveals the identity of Spider-Man and via this weird I don't know who edited this video and posted it on the internet because Beck is the one that recorded it Maybe it was the, the guy that escaped with the data from the drones. I don't know. I don't know how this thing got on the internet. But anyway, everyone knows who Spider-Man is now.
1: Now, hear me out. This scene alone is its own movie. Oh, yeah. And is probably the best in credit scene that we've had, hands down. And... That's one of the the things it's like how did this how did this clip get out there? Is Beck really dead? Yeah. I know that they say, you know, all the all the drones are down, but Edith is only accounting for her drones, not the ones that he already had. Right. So I'm not ready but, to... So maybe there's
0: some he didn't integrate with Edith, you're saying? Yes, I'm... Obviously, I'm, he integrated some of them, but maybe not all of them.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to write him off
0: uh, as dead. That's fair, definitely. Although, they did say that he died in that newscast, the same newscast, but he could be faking it.
1: Yeah, I mean, how are they to know?
0: Yeah. And if he is from another multiverse, maybe he just went back to his original homeworld. You never know. Well, I maybe, mean, Maybe it was real the whole time, and he just acted like it was. I don't know. Maybe it was real, and he told him the truth, and we just didn't believe him. You never freaking know.
1: The the multiverse. I I don't believe he he's from the from another multiverse. The way things progressed, but I one hundred percent. I I don't believe he's dead.
0: I guess we'll see. Although we almost didn't almost see because didn't there. The contract between Sony and Marvel like, ran out after this movie, and everyone for a little while thought that that was going to be the end of Spider-Man in the MCU and we would never find out.
1: Oh, I was writing. I, I was on my way to Sony headquarters ready to burn the <laughs> building down. I don't know if I can legally say that or, or what. Um, if I can't, then I never said any of that. You have no recording of it, nothing. I uh, do know who you <laughs> are, so it's okay. Yeah, I, I 100% was writing. I was not happy. I'm glad they got it resolved, though.
0: Oh, I know yes. we're getting we're getting at least one more Spider-Man movie, and then probably a couple more like cameos, I guess. Right?
1: Um, for sure, one more, probably some cameos, and I figure, honestly, you know, once they're done with him, there are other versions of Spider-Man.
0: Yep, there sure are. Although Tom Holland is amazing.
1: Oh yeah, I I want to keep him as long as possible. Uh, by far, my favorite Spider-Man.
0: Uh, let's see. We've got one more post-credit scene. And this was kind of twisty. I liked it. Oh, um, yeah. So we find out that Talos and Soren, who we met in Captain Marvel who are scrolls, are actually... They're acting as Fury and Hill. So this whole time they were not actually Fury and Hill. And we find out that real Fury is commanding a Skrull spaceship. Don't know what the hell he's doing though.
1: We have a pretty good idea. Well, me and you have a pretty good idea. <laughs> Hey, some uh, comic buffs they probably have a pretty good idea everybody else no idea he's on yeah. vacation what are you talking about he's on he's the beach <laughs> no but that that I think covers the, the plot holes as far as why don't they call for Doctor Strange and Thor yeah. and all that um, and obviously why they wouldn't call for Captain Marvel
0: <laughs> yeah they don't want to deal with her <laughs> Yeah, although they're on good terms I guess but
1: well I mean yeah they're they're on good terms but the last time they saw Captain Marvel she's over here flying through ships and, and stuff so yeah. uh,
0: the easter egg section in this one is a mile long and I thought I put a lot in here but you put even more
1: There, yeah. I feel like every single frame of this movie had an easter egg and by no means did we even come close to getting all of them
0: oh I'm sure I guess I'll just start with the first couple that I've got here. Um, So, when they're in Prague, there's a license plate that reads ASM 28965. That references uh, The Amazing Spider-Man number 28, which came out in 1965. First appearance of Molten Man, who is obviously resemblant of the fire uh, elemental that we see. Um, In Venice, one of the boats sports the serial number ASM 212, which references Hydro Man's debut in 1981's Amazing Spider-Man number 212. And then when Mysterio is battling the Cyclone, there's another license plate reading TASM one four three, referencing the 1975 issue where Spider-Man and the Cyclone first clash. And then even Aunt May's license plate in this one is an Easter egg: AMF one five six two, nod to Spider-Man's very first appearance in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen in 1962.
1: Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Virtually, if you saw a license plate in this movie it yeah. was an easter egg um, 463 license plate at the very beginning um, is Sandman's intro in Amazing Spider-Man number 4 and 1963 um, MTU 83797 is Marvel team up number 83 uh, where Spider-Man and Fury team up to take down Boomerang mm-hmm. um, also seen as HNM62011 which is Hawkeye and Mockingbird number 6 that basically shows fury as a
0: scroll reading between the lines here
1: oh boy so much
0: there's also we get a small little hint towards Marvel zombies in the illusion scene where we see Iron Man coming up out of the ground
1: I I want to Marvel zombies so bad I I understand realistically movie wise that won't happen but for sure we've we've confirmed that uh Confirmed right here if you haven't heard it from anywhere else. Marvel Zombies on What If. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, the the Marvel Zombies. Um, if somehow you have not seen that Marvel Zombies is an actual thing, um, Ultimate Fantastic Four, number 23, uh, Reed Richards discovers alternate dimension that the zombie virus has taken over. And uh, if you could think of anybody to write that comic series and not Mm -hmm. think of Robert uh, Kirkman, who does the Walking Dead series. I mean, it's a match made in heaven right there.
0: It really is. Speaking of which, that series recently ended. What did you think about it? Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, I had mixed emotions.
1: There's moments from the comics that I like, and there's moments from the show that I like better. Um, There's definitely moments from the comics I'd rather have than what was in the TV show. So it kind of... I mean, there's good and bad stuff with both of it. Um, I didn't think it was a bad ending in the comics. It could have been way worse. Like the, I wake up and it was all a dream. I I hate that trope. Yeah, I agree.
0: Anyway, I got a soft topic. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> so we get a little. It's not really Spider-Man noir, but it's kind of like an Easter eggy Spider-Man noir. He doesn't have the top hat and the trench coat, but
1: I so. kind of wish that he did. I um, do too. This is also uh that scene that I was talking about when he was building the suit um the uh if you've played the p s four game the velocity suit um yep. is on there um uh, which I'm actually surprised that you didn't put in the notes um being as you actually played the game and and <laughs> i didn't
0: I've done everything there is to do in that game I have the platinum trophy and i I missed this I'm so disappointed in myself
1: that's uh that's my ace i don't even that's not actually my ace for this one. <laughs>
0: Uh, we got another one. Whenever they're on the plane ride to Europe, uh, we see Peter flipping through like in-flight videos. He passes over an episode and a documentary that's titled Nova. So we get a little name drop here. And it was also recently rumored that there is a Nova... They don't know if it's a show or a movie yet, but there's a Nova, some kind of production in the works over at Marvel. Finally. About time. Oh, boy. Um, so... Hydroman may be an illusion, but there is an actual reference to Hydroman in the movie. So after that attack in Venice, um, and all the teens are together and they're talking about it. Flash mentions that there's a Buzzfeed conspiracy article about a sailor named Morris bench, who was given hydro powers. And that's the actual comic book accurate, um, origin story. So yeah. it's just a little conspiracy in the movie, but pretty cool.
1: I, I- thought that was pretty interesting i know all of the other elementals are are actual people um but that's the only one that they go into and give any sort of conspiracy theory backstory to um did you know that jake gyllenhaal almost played spider-man and spider-man 2
0: like almost replaced Tobey Maguire? yes I Did not know that
1: there was, I don't remember the exact issue, but Tobey Maguire was out because of something. Um, I don't remember if it was if something was broken or or what, but basically, he wasn't there, and uh, they they almost replaced him with Jake Jill and all, so he almost played Spider Man. Um, I, I think it's real funny that he's in a Spider Man movie, um, which is far superior, and oh, yeah. uh playing a, a far superior role. Um, at the at the very front, uh, when you first see Happy um, come in with Aunt May and, and Peter, uh, you could see both Crusher Hogan and Bonesaw McGraw on posters um, in the back. Uh, Crusher is the wrestler Spider-Man takes on in Amazing Fantasy number 15, while McGraw is the wrestler from the first Spider-Man movie. And wasn't that Hulk Hogan that played him?
0: Bonesaw McGraw in the first movie? Yeah. I don't think so.
1: I, I want to say that's what... Uh, I'm going to look it up. Because I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure they, they changed the name. Nope.
0: Macho Man Randy Savage.
1: Oh, okay. There we go.
0: Damn, that was a quick search on my part. I'm proud of myself.
1: Yeah, I was trying to get it up. I got the, I got the wrong <laughs> one up. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Um Let's see. Uh, Hotel Demat... Uh, I'm going to butcher half of these names. Uh, Demate- Dematius uh, yeah. is named after J.M. Uh, Dematius, uh, who wrote a ton of influential Spider-Man. Um, a ton of the series. Um, which actually goes right into uh, this next part. Um, where I will butcher just about everybody's names, um, during the bus ride, um, the names Roger Stern, Dan Slot, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, David Mich- Michellini and Jerry Conway can all be seen, um, basically with an O added at the end, um, of their name. Uh, it's on a wall, it's graffiti, um, yeah. Every one of these are have wrote major major stories in the Spider-Man series, um, either starting the series, uh, major plot points from you know MJ's death um, onward. So, I, I I thought that was really cool um, that they uh, basically gave a shout out to all the writers, which Spider-Man is a long storied um, character. So, I
0: think there's over 700 issues yeah, of just, just The Amazing Spider-Man. That doesn't include all the spinoffs and stuff.
1: Holy cow. Um, MJ's Tiger shirt. Uh, practically a call-out to Amazing Spider-Man number 42 where her first panel she is introduced to Parker by saying face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Um, and then uh, you covered uh Edith, which is pretty much right up Tony's alley. Um, yeah. Did you know that Aunt May dates Jarvis?
0: I never knew that, no.
1: Not the AI, that would be even weirder. You know, <laughs> Scarlet Witch, but... <laughs> uh, but the the butler himself, um, this is issue uh, 519. Um, I believe it was Spider-Man. I, I actually missed putting the, uh, the comic in itself. Um... The Iron
0: Man. Like, WandaVision is Aunt May versus Scarlet Witch. That's what it is. That was a big spoiler. I can't believe you didn't call out a warning.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Um, The Iron Man graffiti uh, that you see when Peter is on the roof, um, I'm sure that you have seen it because it is used everywhere. It is used in games, it's been on multiple Iron Man comic covers. Um,. I actually have one on my of my wall of that exact same pose. Um, virtually anybody that has done anything Iron Man has used that pose. It is iconic, um, if not the most iconic. Uh, besides the image of him with the Infinity Stones flipping off Thanos, that's probably the most iconic image of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, Peter's suitcase. Uh, has the initials BFP, uh, which is most likely a, an actual nod to Ben Parker. Um, which I know last time you pointed out, we haven't had a nod to him at all Mm -hmm. yet, which is a little weird. Um, and while we don't know Ben's middle name, uh, it's most likely Benjamin Franklin Parker. Um, Because I'm not sure if it was the writer or if it was uh, Ben himself was a huge Benjamin Franklin fan. Um, But in case you were wondering, Benjamin Franklin is in the MCU as a character. But not alive. He is a ghost. He's also Hmm. fought alongside Deadpool against Dracula. And Hmm. an army of undead.
0: Yes, Deadpool.
1: It 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 is awesome. The, the two times that I absolutely remember seeing him is uh, Deadpool going to get Dracula's bride-to-be and having to fight a horde of undead and, and against Dracula and Benjamin Franklin and several others show up and are fighting on Deadpool's side. And the time that uh, Deadpool is trying to save his daughter... Um, And he's fighting uh, yet another group coming after him. And Benjamin Franklin's ghost is over here fighting too. Absolutely nuts. Will we see Benjamin Franklin's ghost in the MCU? Yes. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Confirmed. Spoiler alert. You're (laughs) You're a lot more confident in that than I am. (laughs) Yeah, that probably won't happen. Uh, (laughs) uh, When Beck is talking about his home dimension Earth 823, um, and again confirming that we are in Earth 616... Um, Earth-823 is home to Spider-UK, who is basically Captain Britain and a Spider-Man combo. Um, Captain Britain, if you didn't know, uh, basically fights to protect the multiverse divide that's in Europe, alongside, yes, all of the other Captain Britons of the multiverse. Um, there are some pretty intense stories with, with that. Um, some major stories that involve that. So, um... Why did they include Earth eight two three? Hmm. Uh Night Monkey is a call out to the miniseries Marvel Apes, which features Spider Monkey and the Ape Vengers. The Ape Vengers. Uh, Ape Vengers, yes. <laughs> so we'll we'll add that with Throg <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody else. Um, speaking of Night Monkey, uh, the suit resembles the suit that Nick Fury designed for Spider Man in Seeker Wars number one. Um yep. Uh, here are some of my now these these you could take any way that you want, but uh for sure Osborne Penthouse is seen in the end credit scene when they're swinging. And is speaking, it? yes, I go mm-hmm. back and and you have to clearly clearly watch um the the thing with the swinging. Okay, so you have Osborne Penthouse. Um, are we setting up something or, you know, New York has so many heroes and villains in it that it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah. so it could be something that they're setting up or it could just be one of those, Hey, here's a little Easter egg. Um, but the other thing, Peter picks up MJ when they're on 41st street. Okay. When he drops her off, Behind him, you can see a sign in the background that says, Wait until you see what's next, with the numbers 1, 2, 3, and a question mark. What's interesting about this is that the numbers are leading to 4, which is left blank or invisible, while the other numbers are red, blue, and orange in the colors of the Fantastic Four. Now, I'm not saying that 100% this is a Fantastic Four easter egg and confirming because at that time they were still going through the deal with Fox. They couldn't legally go in and, and just include that in, in a movie and say, hey, Fantastic Four. Um, but what happens to be right around in the area that they're in, none other than the Baxter Building, which is home to the Fantastic Four, which is on 42nd Street.
0: Just one street over. It could also just be a subtle nod to Phase Four, but I like how dig how deep you're digging.
1: It it could be a nod. It could it could go way deeper than than any of that. Um, there's no telling. I hope we don't get the the version of Spider-Man that tries to uh, sneak his way into Baxter Building and join the Fantastic Four for riches and fame. I, oh, that yeah. that I doesn't like feel that. like Tom Holland. So
0: <laughs> I don't think we'll get that. I think if if a writer took that to Kevin Feige, he would slap him with the script and tell him to get the hell out.
1: Thank you, Kevin Feige. Yeah, the the Russos would come back and be like, no, we'll
0: <laughs> we'll handle this. Take over and
1: pimp slap him right out of there.
0: <laughs> even one of the Russos, I'm cool with it.
1: Oh man, yeah, even even one of them, their story is is at least better than some of these others. All
0: right, we've got a lot to get through, and we are already at an hour. So let's oh, try to boy. get to that quickly. Uh, gripes and grins. I only put one thing down, and it was the hilarious. Oh, I love Led Zeppelin that you don't really care for, but I thought that was funny.
1: I I loved it, but it. Oh man, because I love both bands. Um, as far as my uh, my grins for this, Mysterio looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I all of it. Uh, the uh, The scene with Spider Man building a suit. Um, absolutely loved it. The Kree Sleeper cells. Um, excited for what that could be setting up. Um, hopefully. And then, uh, John Fav- uh, Favreau is an absolute godsend. Uh, I'm
0: glad you brought that up because I feel like I was worshiping him in the first few episodes of this podcast and I've kind of backed off of it since then, but I'm glad you, you brought it back. He, he I is love phenomenal. John
1: yeah. He, oh my gosh, with everything, with the Mandalorian, with all of it, godsend.
0: Oh, Mandalorian, bro. Uh, they're bringing in Boba Fett. Yes, Oh, that was announced four hours ago today.
1: I'm so excited, so excited. That's a whole we're, other topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, we gotta get a few episodes of that coming up pretty soon, hopefully. Um, so, are also in the pages section is not as long as the Easter Egg section, thank goodness. Um, so, also in the comics, we see Ned and Betty uh, were married together for a short while, and Ned is also the Hobgoblin, by the way. And Betty's a hoe. Betty's a hoe, clearly. I don't know if Hobgoblin's going to be anything in the MCU, though. I think it's just a fun name drop. Uh, We'll see. I kind of hope he is, but... So, uh, the fact that Fury's out in outer space collaborating with the Skrulls, as you mentioned earlier, we probably know what's happening. It seems like we're going to get the debut of S.W.O.R.D. in the MCU, which is basically an offshoot of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., which is now no longer a thing. It's tasked with protecting Earth from extraterrestrial threats, which is a problem that's obviously become a lot more pressing since Infinity War. Um, Interesting to see what's going to happen here. This could be another way to introduce Nova. I don't know what they're going to do with it.
1: It's going to introduce so many things.
0: A ton of stuff. Um, We do get a little glimpse of May. She seems to be working for a charity now, which there's a lot of precedent in the comics for that and in... Um, the Spider-Man PS4 game as well. She works in this, uh, homeless shelter called Feast, um, founded by Mr. Martin Lee, who is revealed to be Mr. Negative. And then later on, she spearheads Ben Parker Foundation named for obviously Uncle Ben. Um, and we do get a small little glimpse of that whenever, um, he's, whenever Peter calls her from Europe and we see, you know, she's eating with happy and stuff. So just a small little spin thing that they got going in here. It's really a little bit to you know, I read into it a lot, but you never know. Um, Sp- oh this is what I was talking about. The the bus driver earlier, whenever I mentioned that he was hilarious and I could remember his name. His name's Dimitri. Um now this I could be this could be a reach. Tell me if I'm being stupid here. So, Spider-Man's nemesis named the Chameleon. His name is also Dimitri. Any I idea? Think, Maybe? I
1: don't think that you're reaching. Only because we're talking about Fury as a Scroll, and he was working with Beck. Um, he didn't know Beck was evil, but uh, that could be. Now, the other thing is if that is the chameleon, the chameleon is the half brother to another amazing character that is rumored to be coming up. Yep. Craven the Hunter.
0: I hope we see something.
1: I think with Spider-Man's identity being revealed that Craven v- will be coming up very soon.
0: We'll have to wait and see. Um, so moving with this also in the pages. So we're going to talk about something that is a little off topic, but it has to do with Mysterio and trying to put a little emphasis on how big of a character he is. So one of Mysterio's most well-known storylines, it doesn't even really mention him that much. This is a story that you've probably heard of. It's called Old Man Logan. I'm sure, oh man, I'm sure, Andrew, you're a huge fan of this story arc.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, in this alternate future comic arc, which was published back in 2008, and loosely adapted in the the Logan movie in 2017, and very, very loosely, we see this reclusive and weary Wolverine. He's been in a self-imposed isolation, and we find out that's because he fought off an attack at X Men headquarters. He killed every single villain that tried to harm the team. That a baby. Except it wasn't an attack at all. Mysterio had managed to trick him into thinking that all of his teammates were actually villains. And to put this into perspective, Logan is one of the, if not the best experts in the Marvel Universe when it comes to senses. His enhanced abilities of smell and sound lead him to very elusive targets. And for Mysterio to pull off a feat like this on the entire X-Men team and Wolverine himself, it shows how much of a threat he can be and he's just a spider-man villain in this movie. Imagine what he could do with the full potential in comic lore. It's insane.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up cuz Wolverine is my boy. And uh man, to to be able to fool all of his senses like that. Oh yeah. man. It doesn't give Peter much much hope. Um that's for sure. Except unless well the the Peter Tingle kind of helps, but <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a little different in the story um, Brad Davis uh, is introduced as and is also interested in MJ in the comics appearing just once in Amazing Spider-Man number 188 um, while abroad um, I believe they're on a cruise ship um, the villain Jigsaw attacks and we never see Brad again doesn't really say what happened to him he died he got eaten by a shark he who knows he's never seen again Uh, Beck talks about his fight against Elementals, and while the ones in the show were basically a version of Molten Man, Hydro Man, Sandman, and Cyclone, of which Sandman and Hydro Man have combined to form Mudman, um, the actual Elementals are Immortals, Hellfire, Hydrogen, Magnum, and Sephir, uh, Supernatural Thriller Number 8, and they ruled Earth and Nature until Atlantis came to be. Um, and then, uh, a lot of scenes, um, have comic book inspiration, um, that you could see throughout the entire movie. Uh, the carnival scene is one of them, uh, pulled from Amazing Spider-Man number 67. Uh, basically, Peter's fooled into fighting in a miniature carnival. Um, mm. really cool.
0: All right, and for the last translation that we'll see for a while where we talk about differences between related story arcs in the movie and the comics. So this is not the first time Spider-Man has had to deal with his identity going public. So in the comics, and I know we mentioned this during the Civil War comic book, or during the Civil War movie podcast, but Peter, Peter willingly masked him, unmasked himself to show his support for uh, the Superhuman Registration Act during the Civil War storyline. And this decision ended up costing him dearly as Aunt May, as predicted, which is very predictable when someone reveals their secret identity. I May was caught in the cross file, crossfire uh, from a vengeful kingpin and Peter wound up making a deal with Mephisto to save her life. Afterwards, he collaborated with Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, Dr. Strange to create a spell to wipe the entire world's memory of his unmasking. Now, obviously, it'd be badass if that happened, but obviously I, I, we wouldn't expect that Dr. Strange, Mr. Fantastic, and all them to... Obviously, Iron Man isn't going to help, but that would be a little crazy to see in the MCU. I don't think it's going to happen that way. Yeah,
1: I kind of hope it doesn't happen that way. (laughs)
0: Um, So Quentin Beck was actually created by the late great Stan Lee and Steve Ditko in uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 13, which came out in 1964. He was a professional stuntman at the top of his craft when he came to working on movies. Not only was he a skilled hand-to-hand combatant, but his knowledge of robotics and special effects made him one of the... One of the most highly respected people in the entire field, and that respect did not transfer when he decided he wanted to become an actor. Um, So basically, he was damaged mentally by the repeated rejection. He crafts a suit that would utilize his greatest skill, which is the art of deception. And he used his trained skills in illusions, hallucinogens, and hypnotic methods to terrorize New York City and even other universes. Now, obviously he doesn't have any mutant powers or abilities, but he went to work creating gear that will help him compete in the Age of Heroes. Really badass origin story. And not unlike a lot of other superheroes where he doesn't actually have powers, he's using what his abilities have given him. Um, so the on-screen portrayal of Mysterio's origin is obviously different. He's no less lethal in the movie. True to fashion, he taps into Peter Parker's fears of being inadequate. So in a callback moment to The Amazing Spider-Man number 141 and 142. Beck makes this emotionally distraught Peter confront a zombie-like rusting Iron Man who accuses Peter of letting him down. Now, in the comic storyline, Mysterio is basically making Spider-Man see a number of different illusions, including um, deceased Gwen Stacy, who died after Peter's web accidentally snapped her neck in a battle with the Green Goblin, which we've seen before in film, just unrelated. Um... And seeing the grave of Tony being ripped apart is a jarring moment that reminds the audience of the sacrifice Tony made and how that's really shaped Peters, who he is in the MCU. Big differences here. Um, now, depending on who was writing the comic, Mysterio's illusions were either the result of hallucinogens um, or actual magic. And now, at certain times, Mysterio used androids to make his illusions more realistic and dangerous, though. Mostly, it was gas and drugs. Contra's nightmares, which kind of reminds you of Scarecrow from the DC universe, they're really similar. And if it's not the first, Far From Home is definitely the most prominent example of Mysterio's powers being realized through digital means, which I think is a very fitting translation for what we're seeing in the 21st century. Now, a lot of things are tech-based that haven't been before. Oh, a yeah. lot of jobs yeah. being automated. I think this is a great translation. Did you have some, Dad?
1: No, that I mean, you're you're spot on with that. It if you tried to do this earlier. No, but right now with day and age and everything, it's spot on.
0: Mm -hmm. Another interesting fact is that Mysterio itself is an illusion. So, of all of the changes that were made in the movie that gives makes the Mysterio the best, has to be the revelation that the villain itself is actually an idea created by a committee. So, we talked about that. It's the former Stark Industries employees. They all want to make a name for themselves through their own superhero, Mysterio. And Beck plays the role of the actual hero itself. His co-workers control everything behind the scenes, the special effects, the script, and everything. And I think that is is—it's freaking awesome because Mysterio is an illusion. He's not just creating an illusion. He is one. And that just takes this entire illusion to a whole new level. I can really appreciate what the writers did here. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Last thing that I've got, and then I'll let you take over. After years of villainy and trickery, it's probably hard for most dedicated readers to remember that Mysterio's first act that he ever did was to make himself look like a hero. He impersonated Spider-Man during a bunch of high-profile robberies, and he hoped to win the public's adoration by capturing the webslinger in front of cameras. Now, the movie pretty much, it kind of recreates this. It just, Mysterio doesn't impersonate Spider-Man. Instead, he claims to be a hero from a different universe, and frames Spider-Man for a drone attack in London and Mysterio's apparent murder before revealing Spider-Man's secret identity. So It's similar, but also different.
1: Yeah, and I don't really have anything to add to the translation. Um, You got most of that. Most of mine were hidden in the Easter eggs. Um, This movie, top to bottom, absolutely fantastic. Very good. So much, and, and... like I said earlier, I, just about every frame has something in it hidden in plain sight, and we didn't even come close to the tip of the iceberg in it.
0: I think we can both agree that this is the best live-action Spider-Man movie that we have. Oh, hands down.
1: And now, it's not you, even close.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not even close at all. Like, Homecoming was good, but it wasn't this good.
1: Yeah, and and that's where, even on my, my rankings list, like Homecoming's up there, but this... It, very rarely will you ever see me put a sequel above the original.
0: Well, I bet you did that with Captain America as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the MCU is a little bit different because Ragnarok is way up there. Civil, oh, yeah. uh, Winter Soldier's way up there. Um, heads above the other movies. But in other franchises, usually the second movie... Uh, Besides Terminator, uh, 1 and 2 were both equally great. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of that, the second movie doesn't really hold a candle to the
0: first movie. I can agree with that.
1: Alien and Aliens 2. That's that's the only other one I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Well, that's going to wrap it up, guys. Um, We appreciate you guys listening. I know even without Tom and without Alex, we still hit over an hour. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media let us know what you want to hear next because we have run out of MCU um, obviously next week we we know what we're doing we're going to be having uh, The Hobbit we're going to do um, an unexpected journey next week and we're going to have uh, a new caster with us his name's Blake, we'll introduce you to him um, and then uh, Tom and I are also going to have our first episode of The Last of Us coming out um, I believe it's going to be on Friday actually instead of Wednesday, I might switch it up a little bit we'll see what happens and then uh, also we're going to be doing a giveaway in our next episode, which is going to be basically an MCU recap. I believe it's also just going to be myself and Andrew. So stay tuned for that. I'll be posting that on the social media. You guys are going to have to listen. And uh, the first one to send me a message with a secret code word is going to win a digital copy of Black Panther to redeem and watch whenever your heart desires. Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening. Let us know how we're doing and we'll catch you guys next time.